0: 14 down in your knees. Coach K, I'll get you to, to do a deep dive into the meaning of that lyric. Chosen by one James Smith. Hello, everyone. It is TGIF, Julian King, and the chair for Jimmy on the program today. As always, plenty on the menu, and it's great to have your company through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ q Q693 in Brisbane, 1620 on the Gold Coast, and across the globe via the SENF. Of course, I want to hear from you on the show today. The open line number, free call 1300 01 01170 and the all-important text line 0457 736 736. We've got 100 bucks cash to give away on the program today, thanks to Tristan and Top Sport, as well as a Signet Boost Power Bank valued at forty four ninety five. dollars Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablets and earbuds powered 24-7. And, look, you know, we resisted, but sadly we lost Coach K's back with another dose of Who Am I? And the winner today will get tickets for you and three mates to the Golden Eagle. At Roseville Gardens on Saturday, 4th of November. Tickets at theraces.com.au. How good is that? And, of course, we can't do this without the help of our wonderful sponsors, SBS Fence and Toilet Hire. So thank you to SBS Fence and Toilet Hire as well. 0457 736 736, the text line number. On the show today, uh, Leah Shanahan from Freshwater Strategy will be along for our fortnightly Friday chat looking at all things business of sport. Very much looking forward to that today. We're discussing the launch in Australia of their professional fighters league. It's called the PFL, a fast growing league in the MMA community. It's going to be launching as a rival to the UFC as well, and that's very much in the news with Volkanovski fighting this weekend. So, looking forward to that as well as to diving into all things Cricket World Cup. Dan Churney from Code Sports is going to hop aboard the last hour of the program to take a look at this big game tonight between the Aussies and Pakistan. We'll trust to Stephen McIver from SENZ and we'll try and drag someone. On the dog and bone to talk NFL as well. Of course, a stack of sport happening this weekend. We will keep you abreast of all of that. We'll look at the two World Cups currently taking place in both cricket and rugby. But I do want to touch on this. It's been very topical in the last couple of days. This PNG bid to become the 18th team in the NRL. And in case you missed it, go to sen.com.au if you didn't hear it. Fascinating chat this morning with Matty White. He had with their bid chief, Andrew Hill. Uh, Michelle Bishop's report with Vossi and Brandy yesterday made waves, didn't it? And this bid has long been seen as one of the favourites, if not the favourite, to land the next NRL licence, and mainly due to the Australian government's push behind it and the funding that they're going to put towards it. And despite this, a PNG team based in Port Moresby, look, it has been criticised by many, and you think about the logistical concerns and fan support for the side. There's a chat that there's going to be based in Cairns. The bid will likely be confirmed as the next franchise in the coming months. Likely entry date for either 2027 or 2028. We know Prime Minister Albo, he wants a Port Moresby-based team. He's been vocal about that. As we said, games also to be played in Cairns, and part of the reason is it's a way to counter China's growing influence in the region. There's been a lot of money committed to this. And Albanese has reportedly indicated privately that they're prepared to help underwrite a team in PNG for up to $25 million a year. And a federal government spokesperson i Australia recognises the importance of rugby league to Papua New Guinea and its significance for the relationship between our two countries. The Australian government has agreed to explore how it can work with the PNG government to support its bid to enter the NRL. So you think about the hunters, right, PNG hunters. Do you remember they joined the Q Cup uh, way back in 2014? They won the title in 2017. And that was the same year that the national side made the quarterfinals of the Rugby League World Cup. And, look, I understand it's a divisive issue, There's been plenty of feedback on this station the past day and a half. Firstly, I'll say this. It doesn't sit comfortably with me that a competition that proclaims to be the National Rugby League exists purely on the Eastern Seaboard. But let's look at the pluses, okay? for a PNG bit. We know it's the only country where rugby league is its national sport. And I've long said, long said that you take a sport to where there is a hungry market. Then worry about the details later. And PNG is a hungry market. As for soft power, this term that you've heard a lot of, you know, that is the reality of the modern world. Soft power plays happen everywhere. This is the nature of geopolitics. And, look, I don't want to delve too deeply into the political aspect of this. It's Friday. It's not really what we do here. But, you know, you think about China's military build-up. That continues. Do you remember last year they entered into that security pact with the Solomon Islands? parking shifts up the coastline, much to the chagrin of Fletchie's darling Penny Wong. So for Australia, an NRL licence for Papua New Guinea would be part of a, a broader strategy to, to boost its soft power in the region, because what that would do is it would strengthen cultural ties with the regional partner. Plenty of popular support in Port Moresby for it, and perhaps it'll ensure that PNG is more likely to align itself with Australia than any other power. And what about pathways, you say? Well, this is what Andrew Hill had to say this morning, speaking to Matty White.
1: We're just focusing purely on what we need to do in in P&G, focusing on processes, infrastructure, focusing on our player pathway and development. Uh, There's a lot of work to do in that area. Generally speaking, in terms of government support, our consortium is not an individual or a group. Our our consortium is the P&G government. Uh, The Prime Minister... Is right behind, uh, and the sports minister for PNG, and so th- they're the ones who are leading our bid. And, of course, the Australian government are on record saying they want to help the PNG government with the application to become the 18th team. It's a big job, and I think people in Australia probably, we take for granted across all sports how great our sporting network is, how great our junior coaching structures are, the framework for all athletes of all sports. Uh, Across the Pacific, uh, that's not as strong. So, not as sexy for the media headlines, but certainly what we're trying to focus on and not get too distracted by all the other headlines is implementing a coaching framework, a game day structure for junior participants over there.
0: Yeah, Andrew Hill speaking to Matthew White this morning. So, he's addressed that. He's focusing on pathways. You hear these terms, game day strategies and the rest of it. Work to do. I'd like to see the introduction of a women's team as well. And I'd like to see an investment by the Australian government in PNG to advance social development in the country. These guys are going to be rock stars. You know, use that influence. Push for health outcomes. Boost tourism. Improve infrastructure. I want to hear your thoughts on that today. Are you still happy to talk about it or are you a bit over it? P&G becoming the 18th team in an expanded NRL competition. 0457 736 736. 100 bucks cash to give away. Signum boost Power Bank. And later on, as I mentioned, Who Am I? We've got a couple of tickets to the races as well. Big game tonight. In the Cricket World Cup, Australia, Pakistan. You know, Pakistan's very much like that box of chocolates in Forrest Gump. You never know what you're going to get. Do you reckon they turned a corner the other day, the Aussies? They look flat for part of that game against Sri Lanka. They finally put it together. I think off the back, too, of, of David Warner's outstanding fielding. You know, fielding can really lift a side. But if this World Cup campaign has turned a corner, well, they have to get a win tonight. Pakistan reeling from that last out loss to their arch rivals India, and they got thumped. So they dropped the first two matches. The Aussies desperately need to continue to string victories together. Pakistan, of course, hoping that crushing defeat to India was an aberration. The Aussies still waiting on Travis Head to join the touring party during a handful of days. But until then, well, they've only got 14 fit players to choose from. We had that virus running through the Pakistani camp. I think they're going to be okay. Shaheen Afridi, their star bowler, was affected by it. But uh, Nassim Shah, another key player, ruled out with a shoulder injury. But Chinnaswamy Stadium... Bangalore, beautiful batting deck, right in the heart of the city. Great place to bat. Regularly see scores over 200 in T20s. Regularly see scores over 300 in ODIs. The average score batting first at the Chinnaswamy Stadium since 2010 is 303. That's the average score. And what about Indian captain Rohit Sharma? Averages a whopping 109 from four knocks. The Aussies, they have a pretty decent record too at the venue. Three wins from their previous five matches. Glenn Maxwell, he's played there plenty of times. He played with RCB and the IPL. Steve Smith hit a century last time they played an ODI here in that loss to India. So they got some runs on the board. Aussies played two matches here in 2011, beat Kenya by 60 runs, Canada by seven wickets. So a bit hard to compare Kenya and Canada to Pakistan, of course. And the Aussies, well, they went into that Sri Lanka match unchanged. You know, the suggestions by Michael Clark that Pat Cummins is going to be dropped? Cummins go, I don't know where you heard that from. And he played well, too, the captain. A lot of rumours swirling around about his relegation. He's spotting the side. Arguably Australia's best. Cummins, Stark, Hazelwood, they'll go in, you'd think, with an unchanged side. Josh Inglis got some runs as well. Marcus Stoinis 20 off 10. So Carey and Green, you think, would be on the sidelines a bit longer. Adam Zampa, that was important. Four wickets had back spasms. They needed him to come good. Zamp's spin had to play a part in this tournament and on these pitches. The only recognised spinner in the squad, Adam Zampa. But the body language, I'll go back to that. Notable improvement in their last outing, and it needed to be. And last night, India, well, they continue their unbeaten run, the home side. They beat Bangladesh by seven weeks. 51 balls to spare. Bit of controversy. So, Verit Kohli, 48-30-100. Winded a century, refused to take singles, although apparently he was confused about that, according to Kale Rowell. A leg side wide, not called. So, you're refusing singles. You've got to close out the game, what? To chase personal glories. I don't love it. I don't love it. So don't give me this team first mantra if that's the case. And I'm a coley fighter I love the man. You may have a thought on that. 0457 736736 You know what I want to do today? And I like putting these call-outs to our learned listeners. And I mentioned this to Matty White. I want to come up with Australia's greatest World Cup side. So you weight that towards World Cup performance. So I want you to fashion an Australian one-day team. Greatest world cup one day team so think about those that have had successes in world cups winning world cups and put together australia's best 11 pick a 12th man too if you want i'll name your mind shortly i reckon the bowlers pretty much pick themselves now wbbl this is funny i wasn't really tracking this i thought this game is as good as gone last night at north sydney oval a thriller an absolute thriller sydney six is our out out for the count but well done to the Stars, fought their way to a thrilling win, uh, holding off the Sixers by two runs. To her, Meg Lanning, isn't it great to see Meg back? Fifty-five of thirty-four, she is a talent, generational talent. She helped the Stars to eight for one sixty-five, and then the Sixers were six for seventy-one. Ash Gardner, gee, I tell you what, when she hits them, they stay hit. She's a powerful striker of the ball. 72 of 44 for Ash. She's a standing captain while Elise is suspended. Drag her team dragged her team out of the mire. An 84 run seventh wicket stand with Maitland Brown. Hit 35 of twenty-two, And it just gave them a sniff of victory. Annabelle Sutherland, good player, four for twenty seven. She bowled Gardner, then had Brown out caught in the space of four balls. This was in the nineteenth over. All of a sudden, six is eight for one fifty seven. Needing eight runs off seven balls. Alice Capsey, the Englishwoman, held her nerve, set it, sealed a thrilling wind. A bit of contention, though, whether her final delivery should have been called cool a white. I'll tell you what, though. There's so much good talent coming through at the women's cricket ranks. Keep an eye on this young star, this quick Millie Illingworth. She's 18 years young. She is fast. Hitting the 120s. I'll tell you what. If she continues that trajectory, she'll be reaching Ollie Robinson pace very soon. No doubt. She's quick. Rugby World Cup. I know it's been a disaster for the Wallabies, and speculation continues about Eddie Jones's future. Did he talk to Japanese rugby? Denies it. Everybody that says he did stand by their story. We have some cracking semi-finals coming up, and I'll ask you this question as well: for those who care, which bandwagon are you on? It's got to be Argentina, doesn't it? Southern Hemisphere team led by the. Famous Lebanon rugby league coach, Michael Checker. And whenever they play, I've got to say, I channel my inner Gordon Bray. You've got to call them the Pumas. The Pumas, they play New Zealand, England take on South Africa. Uh, that'll be a cracking game as well. All right. This may be subject to change. My best ever Australian World Cup team. And let's be clear, weighted towards World Cup performances. This is who I've got. I haven't thought of a 12th man yet. Actually, no, I do have a 12th man. Gilchrist and Mark War are my openers. I've got Ponting at three, Clark at four, Steve War five, Michael Bevan six, Andrew Simon seven, Warren eight, Lee nine, Stark ten, McGrath eleven, and D Warner as my twelfth man. It was hard to leave out Warner, hard to leave out Hayden, both with very impressive records, but I picked Emmy War. You know, best catcher I've ever seen, but because he can bowl medium paces and offies as well. And yeah, you might say Simon's at seven G, that's a bit low, but think of it like this. Depending on match situation, you could move him up and down the order. Pinch hitter if need be. Have a think about that. Have I got any of those calls wrong? Are there any notable omissions? Text me in today or call me in on the open line, one 30-01170, 0457-736-736. Australia's greatest World Cup one-day side. This is who I got. Gilchrist, Mark Waugh opening. Ponting, Clark, Steve Waugh, Michael Bevan, Andrew Simons, Shane Warne, Brett Lee, Mitchell Stark, Glenn McGraw. I reckon the bowlers pick themselves. 0457 736 736. Don't forget, as we said, 100 bucks cash to give away in the program today for the best caller. Thanks to Tristan Merlihan and Top Sport, Signet Boost Power Bank as well. And we're here thanks to our great friends at Finch Financial. We're up and running for a Friday afternoon. Julian King in the chair for Jimmy Smith. We'll take a break on the other side of this. We're going to talk MMA with Leo Shanahan from Freshwater Strategy.